I'm really glad to be here. I had a, we had a conference this week with our denomination, Evangelical Covenant. Um, we were in Chicago. Uh, I was there most of the week, and it was really, it was really, really good. Um, there we go. There was a, a phrase, um, uh, not a phrase, but just some powerful times of worship, some powerful times of prayer, and God was uh, a theme just for, for me through that prayer time and worship time was God's, was God's kingdom. And uh, I want to take the, this idea of kingdom and bring it into our, our time of prayer. So we're talking about prayer and depending on God. And we're going to be looking at the Lord's Prayer today. And I wonder how many times when we go into prayer do we realize that we're talking to a king, right? And, and if we realize we are talking to a king, how that might change the way that we pray. So here's a couple phrases that God just put on my heart this week while I was um, at this conference. We're not here to build our kingdom. We're here to build his kingdom. So I want us to take this phrase kind of into, into this sermon as we look at the Lord's Prayer. And then, what gift can I give that is worthy of a king? And you think about that, and, and you think about how we talk about giving everything to Jesus, you know, and, and Jesus isn't just a king, he is the king, right? And so when we worship uh, here as LaRonda leads us in worship and we say things like, you are worthy to Jesus, I mean, he is worthy, <laughs> amen? Like, he is worthy, he's the only one worthy of our praise and of our hearts and giving us, not just part of, not giving him, not just part of our hearts, but all of our hearts and asking him, take me deeper, take me deeper, take me deeper. You can always go deeper in your walk with Jesus to ask him to, for you to, to, to surrender a deeper layer of your heart. And I felt like he did that with me this week, and it was very, very, very powerful. Um, so we've been, uh, just kicked off last week this series, Prayer Dependence on God. I'd encourage you to catch up on the sermon from last week. We looked at the verse, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, declares the Lord in Zechariah 4, and just how we as a church are going to be leaning on his might and on his power, not our own might, not our own power. Uh, we invite you to pray with us at 10 a.m. As we pray here, we pray for the service Pray that God would be moving among us. We also started a prayer email list. So if you're a regular attender, you're on a prayer email list. If you're not on that list and you want to be, uh, let us know. Grab a connection card. Uh, also, there's spots on those connection cards to put prayer requests. I'd actually ask if, um, if you're at the end of a row, just go ahead and pass connection cards down because we are recruiting prayer requests. Um, if you have a prayer request that you'd like uh, us to send out to the whole church, um, to regular attenders, write the prayer request down and then just let me know if it's a private prayer request and that'll just be for our leaders or if you'd like it to be sent out um, to the whole church, to the email list. Uh, but we want to be praying for each other and there's so much to be praying about and, um, and as, as, we, as we lean in and depend on God. And um, so... If God put something on your heart, uh, jot it down. Uh, we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer today, the Matthew 6 version of the Lord's Prayer. And this perhaps is the most famous passage on prayer in the Bible. I think it's one of the most famous passages in the Bible. I remember watching the first Spider-Man movie. I think that was late 90s. And uh, Aunt May is praying the Lord's Prayer when the Green Goblin shows up to attack her. I was going to play that clip today, and I watched it. One, it was a little too creepy. 
uh, to play at church, and it was like really corny late 90s special effects too, and I just was like, no, that just doesn't fit the vibe, coming out of this powerful worship time, like, <laughs> but you got to, if you're, if you're a Marvel comic nerd like me, you remember that scene, um, but the Lord's Prayer, if, you've, if you're not familiar with church, you're not familiar with the Bible, you've probably heard it before, you've probably heard it in a movie, you've heard it somewhere, I know many faith traditions, denominations, you you may have grown up reciting it, right? It's, it's a common uh, liturgy to recite in churches. All right, so let me read through it. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I think that the over-familiarity of this passage, because we're so familiar with it, because some of us may have it memorized, we miss the rich contents of it. We read through it quickly like I just did, and we're like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> just keep moving on. Well, we're going to go really slowly through the Lord's Prayer uh, today. And I'll get to this later, but the Lord's Prayer, you know, if you look at the verse in verse 9, this then is how you should pray. I think it's in the Luke version of the Lord's Prayer. The disciples go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, how should we pray? Wouldn't you like to ask Jesus that? This is his answer. So we're going to slowly walk through his answer today. But uh, briefly first, a couple of questions uh, for you to get back in your groups before we dive uh, into the text, into the sermon. Uh, The first question is, what has your experience been with the Lord's Prayer? So again, even if you're not a Christian, Um, Have you heard of the Lord's Prayer before? Have you heard it in pop culture somewhere? Did you grow up in a church that memorized it, that recited it? So what's your experience been with the Lord's Prayer? And then second, what comes to mind when you hear of kings or kingdoms? This can be just lighthearted. I think our culture interacts very differently with the imagery of king than they would have in the first century when they actually had kings, right? You know I love ripping on Burger King. If there's, one, if there's one theme to my preaching, it's that I like to, to rip on Burger King. <laughs> All right, so our culture, uh, our culture's message is uh, Burger King's message. You rule. Have it your way. Uh, you could go into Burger King. I do love that you can get a crown at Burger King. I think that's pretty great. That's pretty great. Um, you, I just, I'm going to not try to do like a stand-up routine on Burger King and how bad it is for you and all these things. Let me, let me focus here. Okay, this is our culture's message. You are a king. You are a queen. Have it your way. And of course, it's not just Burger King. I mean, this is, this is just every, every, every uh, everyone's okay. Don't worry. Uh, every product, every message, it's like your world revolves around you. So when I believe that I rule, that, that I rule my own life, I mean, that's pretty American, right? I rule my own life. Don't tell me what to do. I'm going to rule my own life. When we look at not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, declares the Lord, it's pretty hard to depend on God's might and God's power if you think you're a king or a queen, right? Because if you're a king or a queen, you have power, right? Like kings and queens have legitimate power, so you're, you're, you're walking in your own power. It's, it's hard to then depend on God's power if that's what you believe about yourself. And so if we were kings and queens, if we really ruled, you have to, we have to ask ourselves, kings of what? 
Or queens of what? Right? Uh, or, and with what authority? If I was going to tell you today I'm starting my own sovereign nation, I'm breaking away from the United States, I'm going to start my own sovereign nation, and I'm going to be uh, the king of it, I'm going to have my own currency, I'm going to have my own government, you'd look at me like I was crazy, right? And you, you'd be like, you don't have that authority. Oh, I do. I do have that authority. Because I'm going to be king of, of Noah land, right? Um, this is what we do with God. We, we create our own kingdoms as if our kingdom actually, as if we actually had authority within our kingdom. God is still king, right? Like, God is still king, even if we've created our own little land where we think that we are king or queen over. So I want to start out with verse 9, the, the, the first line of the Lord's Prayer. And I, I want to tell you that the reason we're going slowly through the Lord's Prayer is because um, while I think it's great that the Lord's Prayer gets recited and memorized, I don't have any problem with that at all. But it's not meant to be simply recited. Uh, what the Lord's Prayer is doing is it's giving you and it's giving us a template of what to pray. So often we don't know how to pray. I mean, prayer can be confusing and there's different models out there, but it can just feel like we're giving our requests to God. Maybe we give him some praises and that's kind of it. And prayer can feel kind of dry. The Lord's Prayer literally gives you a template to follow. You can take the Lord's Prayer and this week you can, you can pray this template. It can last you five minutes. It can last you 15 minutes. It could last you 30 minutes, depending on, on how deep you want to go with it. But there's these big bucket items that each line of the Lord's Prayer gives us. All right, let's start with the first line. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, we don't use the word hallowed anymore. We don't even know what that word means. The word hallowed means central. So we're going to put God's name central in our life, central in our universe. God's name is central, not my name. So Burger King says that I rule. The Lord's Prayer says God rules. That God is central, not Noah is central. Do you know how deep you can go with that in your prayer life? Just on that one phrase. God, I want you to be central. Will you show me, will you reveal to my heart all the ways I put myself central? That is a very, very deep prayer that we can pray to God. And then to ask God, God, will you change my heart? Will you show me the places that I've made myself central? And then will you change my heart to make you central in that place? That you are worthy to be central that I want your will to be done in my life, not my will to be done in my life. Speaking of God's will, verse 9 leads right into verse 10. Verse 10 might be, that's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I mean, you could preach a hundred sermons just off this one verse. This verse says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So again, this verse reminds us we are talking to a king we are talking to the king. Now, we don't have a framework for kings anymore in our culture. Um, we have presidents, you know, depending on who's president at any given time, half the country mocks the president. Uh, you didn't mock a king. If you mocked a king, you'd get killed. You know, you, you, even in the Old Testament, um, you'd come before a king, and there was a lot of fear about 
uh, Mordecai or Esther approaching the king or others in the Old Testament because you could be killed simply by entering the king's presence uninvited or saying something upsetting or saying something offensive to the king. The king carried authority. The king carried power. And we are talking to the king when we pray to God. Now here we're praying for God's kingdom to come, not my kingdom. I'm praying for his strength and his might, not my strength and my might. His will, not my will. (laughs) This is a huge prayer. Think about your week last week. How many times did you do your will instead of God's will? A lot, right? So going into your week this week, if you were to pray verse 10, think about how you could pray this, this verse every morning. God, help me to do your will in this category. Help me to do your will in my marriage. Help me to do your will in my singleness. Help me to do your will with my finances. Help me to do your will with my money. Help me to do your will with the way I spend my time, the way I, my free time, the people I hang out. I mean, there's so many places that we could go with this one short little verse. So what is God's will? Well, think about it. It explains it if we, if we unpack this a little bit more. It says, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is why you could preach 100 verses on this, 100 verses, 100 sermons on this one verse. Think about the way things happen in heaven. This would actually be a good discussion question uh, for for a group. Um, Think of the way things happen in heaven. Just think about it. Is there any poverty in heaven? There's no poverty in heaven. Is there any racism in heaven? No. Is there any illness in heaven? No. Are there any lost people in heaven? Any non-believers? No. So Jesus is saying, when you pray, pray that the way things happen in heaven would happen on earth. Where on earth? In Grand Rapids, on earth. In your life, on earth. At your workplace, on earth. With your family, on earth in your neighborhood on earth, in the church's neighborhood on earth. Do you see how so much mission is packed into this one little verse that we can go to God and say, God, help make me an agent of heaven here on earth that wherever I go, I'm making earth a little bit more like heaven. I mean, I can, I can live that. I can do that till the day I die, right? I mean, that is a mission and a purpose. Wherever I go, help me to make earth more like heaven. That's spreading the gospel, spreading the way of Jesus, spreading the way that God intended earth to be. This is huge. It's all right here in the Lord's Prayer. Verse 11, give us today our daily bread. This series is called Prayer Dependence on God. Talk about dependence on God. God, give me my daily bread bread. This was an agricultural society. They didn't have grocery stores. They didn't have refrigerators. They didn't have deep freezers. I mean, this is a legitimate prayer for daily provision. As Americans, we want our yearly bread. God, give me my annual bread. Give me my bread for the next 10 years. Give me my bread for the next 50 years. 
Last week, we talked about Zechariah and Zerubbabel, and they had to rebuild the temple. Remember the verses? It was uh, verse 7. It was like, the mountain will be moved. The temple will be rebuilt. That's what we want, isn't it? Yes, give me my victory, God. Then verse 10 said, don't despise the day of small things. It's going to be a lot of days of small things before that temple is ever rebuilt. I see this here in this verse. God, give me my daily bread. That's a very small thing, isn't it? Bread for the day. God, I need you today. Provide food for today, but also provide my spiritual food for today. Provide my emotional food for the day. Provide my mental food for the day. God, I'm going to you to be filled up by your love today so that I don't go looking for it somewhere that I shouldn't be looking for it. Because we all want to feel loved, right? And that's how we end up chasing, you know, sinful ways of feeling loved and um, things that are outside of God's will. And here, give us today our daily bread. And we see Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. Come to me and eat. All who eat from me will never hunger again. All who drink from me will never thirst again. This is packed into the template. Jesus is giving you a template of how to pray. And every day in our prayer time, we can say, Jesus, give us today our daily bread. May you be my bread today, that I would depend on your nourishment, on your fuel, like we kept asking last week, what is fueling you? That Jesus would be my fuel, that I wouldn't be looking for this fuel anywhere else. Verse 12, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now there's this big presumption in this verse. It's really easy to skip over it. Um, it's, re- it's really powerful and convicting. There's a presumption that we are forgiving others when they sin against us. So if you've been sinned against, Jesus is assuming you are forgiving the people that are, that are sinning against you. Because it's saying, God, forgive me of my sins, debts, you'll see debts or transgressions or sins, all used in different translations. Forgive me of my sins as I have forgiven people that have sinned against me. If you really want to get real, um, verses 14, 15, and 16, I believe it is, they say, um, God won't forgive you of your sins unless you forgive those that have sinned against you. Whoa, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that messes with my theology, right? The point is, We are to forgive people when they sin against us. It's not easy, but that's why this is built into the template of prayer. So I think we can pray this verse by saying, God, will you help me forgive those that have sinned against me? It's not easy. I can't do it on my own strength because I've really been hurt. Will you help me let go and forgive those that have sinned against me? And then, will you forgive me? Do you have a daily time where you examine your life and say, God, how have I sinned against you? We want communion with God, right? We want to be plugged in to the life source. If you unplug a lamp from a wall, guess what happens to the lamp? There's no light because it's been unplugged from the life source. When we sin, we're unplugging ourselves from the source of life. And this is a chance to say, Lord, examine me, forgive me of the, of the ways that I've sinned. Forgive me so that I can be plugged back into the life source. Change me. Heal me from within. And the last one, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Again, a daily time of prayer 
to give God all the things that tempt you. Everyone's tempted by different things. And we need to give God all the things that tempt us. Say, God, help me not to be lied to by my temptations. Help me not to be seduced by my temptations. Temptations are telling me, they're promising me things that they can't deliver on. God, in this prayer time, lead me away from that. Deliver me from the evil one. There's an evil one out there. And guess how we fight against him? Through prayer. Through prayer, through prayer, through prayer. And so in your daily time of prayer, you can be open with God about the things that tempt you, and you can ask him, God, show me the type of help that I need. I can't do this in my own strength. These temptations are, are bigger than me, and so I need help that is also bigger than me. I need to reach out to my pastor, to a leader at church. I need to reach out to my small group. I need to reach out. I need to find a counselor. I need to find a group. I need some accountability. I need some help because I can't do these things on my own. And would you give me the courage, God, to take these steps? All right, back to these phrases that I gave you at the beginning. We are not here to build our kingdom. We are here to build his kingdom. And the question, what gift can I give that is worthy of a king? What I want to do next is um, we're going to take about maybe five minutes or so. And um, Mario, I'm going to ask that you put on just some background music. Um, and we're going to let you silently, um, and where you're seated, pray through the Lord's Prayer. So I'm going to guide you what we just did in the sermon, um, and give you a chance uh, for each of these steps along the way um, to, 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 to talk to God. All right, so I'm just going to back my slides back up to verse 9. And um, we'll, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, we'll put on a little background music. And um, feel free to even get up if you want to move around, if you want to sit on the bleachers. Or, I mean, you can stay exactly where you are. That's fine as well. Um, but let's just go before God. And I'll, I'll lead and sort of set, set this, the stage, and then just I'm going to give you time of silence with the music to just pray, to talk to God about these things. God, we come before you, um, maybe for the first time, acknowledging that you are, you are the king. And we, we, we bow before you, God. We aren't worthy to be in your presence. And yet you allow us to come before your throne room by your grace and mercy. So we first just want to say thank you. We say thank you for your grace and mercy that allows me to be before your throne right now. King. King Jesus. God, our Father who is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. God, our prayer is that your name would be central in our lives. We take a few minutes now to pray where we're, where we're seated about how to get God's name central in our life. Asking God what we need to change. How we need to live differently to make His name central, not our name central.
God, may your kingdom come. May your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. God, we think of the way things are in heaven. There's no oppression. There's no poverty. There's no illness. There's no lost people. There's no racism. God, our world is full of those things. We pray now. We cry out to you, Father, by your might and your power that heaven would invade earth, that you would use us as your agents to be peacemakers, to bring justice where there's oppression. God, to share the gospel so that lost souls would come to know you, Jesus. We pray that you'd make us agents of your kingdom, of heaven here on earth. Show us how you want it. You show us how you want us to change the way we live our lives at work, at home, so that we can shine this light in dark places. give us this day our daily bread we pray for those that don't have physical literal bread who are hungry around the world and locally God we pray you provide for the hungry please God and we pray that we would find our nourishment in you and that it would be enough to have that for today. That we would not despise the day of small things. God, give us our daily bread today. And that would be enough. May we get everything we need from you to satisfy us. Help us to trust you, Lord, for our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, God, as we also have forgiven our debtors. God, show us the people we need to forgive. Put their faces in our minds right now. Give us strength to forgive them. Doesn't mean we need to be best friends with them. It doesn't mean we need to be put ourselves in an unsafe situation with them. But we can let them go. We can let you be their judge. 
we can forgive the way you've forgiven us. And God, we pray you'd forgive us. Examine our hearts. And take some time to confess our sins to you now. God, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We take some time right now to give you all of our temptations. We just name them before you. I'm tempted by this. I'm tempted by this. God, speak your truth over these temptations. Show us how each of these temptations is a lie from the evil one it will never deliver lead us back to our daily bread lead us back to you Jesus we love you God we thank you Jesus for giving us the Lord's prayer as a template we can follow. I pray we would add this to our prayer arsenal today, tomorrow, this week, as we pray. And ask that your Holy Spirit would meet with us in this place, take us to deep places of surrender. And that you would, you would be digging out some deep roots that we've been holding on to for a long time as we make you the king of our life, not us as the king or queen of our life. We bow before you, Jesus. We put it all at your feet. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. We thank you. Together, we pray all these things. We say amen.